This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, church. Good morning, Emmanuel. How many love Jesus today? It's so good to see everyone. I want to take a moment to greet Emmanuel online. Thank you guys for tuning in. So excited to have you be part of today's service. And Maple Grove, Elk River, and Lakeville, thank you guys so much for being part of this amazing family. Welcome to everyone here at the Spring Lake Park campus as well. Great things are happening at Emmanuel. And uh, I, wanna, I, I just want to mention some of those. Last week, we had our official launch for a Lakeville location that happened this past Sunday. And over 500 people came out for that launch. That's a good thing to celebrate. This month, we are celebrating our Hispanic ministry's 20th anniversary, which is crazy. Bizarre to think about that. We, uh, 20 years ago, our missionary Larry Gritzmacher helped to launch a ministry that has become part of a, a, a DNA staple for our Emmanuel family. We are a house of prayer for all nations. And uh, this has just been part of our story. It's also a statement of our, our being relevant to the community around us. And I love what God has done throughout the years. And some of you might know that that is part of our own journey. Analia and I actually came up. That was our first assignment here at Emmanuel. Back in the day when there was hair on the north side of the head and not so much on the south side, right? And uh, some of you will see pictures, and you're like, that's not the same person, right? And, uh, but I love the work that has been done over the years. Pastor Adrian and Sylvia do such an amazing job at leading the charge there. So can we celebrate 20 years? Love it. And I'm so excited for today and what we get to do together as we lean into God's Word. Uh, God is always speaking, and it's just a matter of us opening our hearts and our ears to him. So before we go in and read scripture, would you just join me in a, in a brief prayer as we prepare our hearts? Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your word that is alive. It's powerful. It speaks, God, to our life, to our circumstances. And uh, Lord, it brings clarity for, for living, for, for deciding, for walking forward. And I ask that today, you'd remove any distractions or anything uh, in us, God, that would prevent us from receiving your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 4, if you'll look that up together with me. Uh, it's a great story in verse 35. It talks about Jesus and the disciples. They, for three and a half years, were all over the place in the Holy Land, in Israel. And they went up and down. They went up in the Sea of Galilee. Then they'd go down to Jerusalem, and they would cross over and visit towns. And, and uh, they walked a lot of the time. And then a lot of the time, they also would go by boat. Now, bear in mind, four of the disciples were expert fishermen. They, they knew what they were doing when they got into a boat. They knew how to navigate. They knew how to make it from point A to point B and, uh, and, 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 you know, make it there fine and stay alive, right? And it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, that as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. 
So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. This past summer, uh, Analia and I went out on a date. My wife and I have been married 21 years, and uh, we still date each other, which is, uh, we, we have a lot of fun. We're both very, we're highly competitive uh, with each other still, which is a, it's a great part of marriage, right? Beating your spouse at something is, there's nothing that can really, you know, satisfy, like uh, winning a game. or So we rented those little scooters. We were at Lake of the Isles, and I beat her in our race around. I was like, yes. And uh, then we said, okay, let's do something together, and we rented a canoe. And neither one of us has a lot of experience when it comes to canoeing. And uh, I think we, we paid for a full hour, and we might have, I think we did circles, like 15 feet from the shore, just the whole time. We're like, no, are you rowing this way? No, you're on the other side. And so it was fun and exciting and frustrating and exhausting all at the same time. And uh, one thing we realized, once we did get, you know, a little traction moving uh, a little forward, we were like, okay, this is a beautiful sunny day. There's nothing, none of the weather uh, elements are against us. So we can't blame the weather for our lack of speed and our lack of progress. You know, we could blame each other. But, uh, we, you know, we realize that, you know, you, you need to work together to be able to make it from point A to point B, right? And, uh, and, and uh, it was great. We'll probably do it again. And we'll, but we'll do separate boats so we can race. And that way we can be motivated do kayaks next time, and uh, we tally up and keep track. And it ended with ice cream, which fixes everything, right? So highly recommend it. Now, as Jesus got in the boat with the disciples, he says, hey, let's cross over to the other side. For them, I mean, it was the other side of the lake. For us, it could mean crossing over to the other side of a season you're in, a stage a challenge that you're facing, a chapter where it seems like you're stuck. It feels like Analia and I are rowing your life in circles and that you're not making progress. It could be that the other side represents an answer to prayer that has to do with wholeness and health. We've talked about this in the past weeks. God wants to bring healing, wholeness, and health to body, soul, and spirit. Could be that the other side is finding peace or reconciliation in a relationship. Could be uh, finding margin in your life. It could be finding uh, stability in your finances or in your business. It could be finding wisdom and clarity for a decision that you have to make. But it means making progress towards a goal or a destination that God has set out in front of you. And when Jesus says this to the disciples, he doesn't say, hey guys, it would be really nice if you made it from point A to point B. Good luck, Godspeed. What he says is, let's do this together. Let's go together and let's cross over to the other side. Now Jesus is saying, he's not saying we might make it to the other side. What he says is, we're going to make it. We're going to cross over to the other side. And so today, if there's something that I want you to hear from God's word is that you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make, turn to your neighbor, say, you're going to make it. 
You're going to make it. Sometimes we, we kind of sabotage our own progress, right? We row in the wrong direction or we, we quit halfway through on the journey. But sometimes there's circumstances that happen that are outside of our control and we might not have caused the storms that life will throw at us. What it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 37, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. I love Luke's rendition of the same story. He says the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. It wasn't perceived. It wasn't, they weren't freaking out over, you know, a detail or something that it wasn't something they made up in their mind. They were in actual real danger. Four of them were fishermen. They knew what they were doing. All of them have traveled by boat before and they knew this was not just another, uh, you know, shower on the Sea of Galilee. This was a legit storm that they were facing. And you know what? We need to expect that storms will happen in our life. Sometimes we can, we can uh, get the wrong idea and we, the impression that once we have God as first in our life, once we've committed to follow Jesus, there will be, it'll be smooth sailing every day until we're at the pearly gates, right? But the reality is Jesus was also in the middle of the storm. So if he, being the perfect son of God, also had to go through storms, we will face storms in our own life. We're going to have moments where circumstances are just, it's going to bring water into our boat. It's going to feel like we're about to sink. It's going to feel like this might just be the end. I remember a, a pastor and mentor of, of mine, when he was talking to Aaliyah and me, we were going through some, some tension as a couple, and he said, you know what? Every marriage that I know has faced a moment where they think that it might be the end. And I, that might be the case for you, maybe not. I don't trust couples that say they've never fought. I think fighting in marriage is like a love language. There's ice cream and cuddling that happens right after that. So, hallelujah. Someone said hallelujah back there, so... Storms will happen. They will. And I want to encourage you, don't question your faith. Don't start doubting. Did God deceive me? Did he trick me? Did I take the wrong step? Did I believe something wrong? Sometimes when we face adversities, difficulties, we can, we can second guess. Or it, it's like a crisis of faith. We second guess what we've trusted, what we believed, did I, did I pursue a promise that isn't reality? And, and you know what? The storm is not a reflection of the condition of your faith. Sometimes we bring storms into our own life. That's a whole different topic. I'm talking about circumstances that happen to you. It could be sickness. It could be uh, a financial shaking. It could be uh, just something that kind of hits you sideways suddenly. You were planning to go from point A to point B and suddenly in the middle of your journey, there's something that came up and that happened and it, and it shakes you and it makes you question and it makes you wonder what is going on. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, verse 45, God gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. It'll rain and it'll shine on the just 
and on the unjust alike. It'll storm on the just and on the unjust alike. So it's not a matter of if a storm will happen. It's a matter of when a storm happens, how are we going to respond? It's not an indication that you're winning or losing at life, but how are you going to respond to the storms of life? How are we going to react? And I love the story in Mark because it really gives us two pictures, a contrast, perfect contrast between the disciples' reaction, who were experts, mind you, and then Jesus' approach to the storm. It says in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Love that. Jesus, he never goes through a storm like normally. He's either walking on water or he's taking a nap with a head on a cushion, right? And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? So you've got option A is kind of the more logical one, the natural one. There's real danger. There's water in the boat. It's not letting up and, and it's, it's, you know, things are not looking great. Option A is the disciples doing the math and thinking, I'm exhausted. We're not going to be able to make it. Okay, they, they have all, they've got the, weird, the, the wind is blowing at them. They've got fear. They've got uh, adrenaline rushing. And then one disciple's panic is inspiring. The other disciple's panic, who's inspiring, and it's just like a chain reaction. And they're driving each other crazy on that boat. All the meantime, we've got option B, Jesus laying with his head on a cushion, taking a nap. And I love that this verse is in the Bible because I am a huge fan of naps. In fact, I think we should, we should develop the theology of naps today. Some of you are practicing the theology of nap as I speak right now. <laughs> Save it for later. There's nothing better than a Sunday afternoon nap, right? Love it. I, you know, as I was uh, younger, and now it's a little, I've got, like, my sleep is, my sleeping powers are uh, diminishing with age, right? But uh, I, I used to pride myself about being able to sleep pretty much anywhere. In fact, when I was in college, I was riding a public bus, hanging on to the, I was standing, hanging on to the rail, and I put my head against my arm, and I slept for a bit. And I didn't fall, and it wasn't a dream. It was real, <laughs> And I love that, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that can happen with sleep. There's replenishing, there's rest, there's, it's kind of a reset moment. Sometimes sleep can be a bad thing. If you're trying to escape from reality by sleeping it away, that's not, that's not healthy. A lot of times depression will lead us into wanting to just sleep and not get up. That's not what Jesus was doing. He wasn't running away from the storm. He's like, I know we're going to make it to the other side. In fact, tell the person next to you, you're going to make it to the other side. So don't mind the wind and the waves. You're going to make it. Relax. Chill. Take a nap. Trust. Believe. You're going to make it to the other side. Love when we, uh, when we travel, you always have the, uh, the, like the expert travel nappers. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll recognize them as soon as they get on the airplane. And this is an open boat ride. So right away, you know, this is, this is a big cue. If you haven't realized what this cue means, I'm going to enlighten you. When you see someone put these noise-canceling things in their ear, 
you can imagine a big do not disturb sign above their head, right? So first thing you want to do, if you want to take a good nap on a trip, noise cancel, can't hear you guys. You can say whatever you want. Secondly, Jesus had a cushion. Was it memory foam, though? I heard recently that you're supposed to wear these like this. I don't, I've never seen anyone wear it like this. So, I, you know, this is, my, this is my travel buddy. I like, I, sometimes I will fall asleep before the plane even takes off. So get this guy on there. See, little limits motion of the head. And then finally, you need this. Block out all the light. So picture Jesus <laughs> on the boat. And they're all freaking out, teacher, teacher, a storm, we're going to die. And he's like, what storm? I've got noise canceling, earbuds in. He's not bothered by the, by the sound or the wind or the wave. In fact, it's probably splashing on him, and he's still sleeping through it. That's some, like, tense sleeping power. The reason he's able to rest is because he trusts, because he knows they're going to make it to the other side. They're not going to die in the middle of that lake. They're going to make it to the other side. And I am not selling pillows or masks or noise-canceling earbuds after service. I just want to say a little disclaimer there. Oh, man. You know, there's a rest that happens that doesn't require sleep. And Jesus was also an expert at this. He talked about a rest that that gets the deepest part of your soul. You don't need a nap to tap into the rest of God. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. then Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. There is rest in trust. There is rest in walking with Jesus. There is rest in learning from his rhythm and cadence of life. There is rest when we believe his promises, when we believe his purposes, when we know that he has a future and a hope for us. So we choose to trust him over trusting the panic and the, and the fear and the anxiety that will mess with, with our certainties. Look at what happened to the disciples. They, they got stuck in panic. And, uh, and they, they made a statement and they asked a question. But their panic, it, it's like it hijacked their faith and their logic. And they said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? The statement is, we're going to drown. And then the question is, do you care? 
where faith should have flipped that and it should have been the other way around. Teacher, I know that you care. So Lord, is this the end? Am I going to drown or not? Panic will make us doubt our certainties. It'll weaken our faith. And it'll make us question the things that God has promised and said to us. So today is a day for us to affirm the certainties and the statements that God has declared over our life. You're going to make it to the other side. How many say amen to that? You're going to make it. I think at some point, Peter actually learned this lesson because he writes later on in one of his epistles, 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. He no longer questioned if Jesus cared about him. He was so certain that God cared about him that he was willing to say, you know what, deflect all your anxieties, deflect all your worries, all your concerns, turn them over to God through prayer. Paul would say in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As we turn our worries and concerns and fears and anxieties over to him, he then gives us a peace that doesn't hinge on logic. It doesn't depend on anything that would make sense. And that peace secures our hearts, our emotions, our souls, our decisions, and our thoughts, our minds, keeps them grounded and secured in Christ Jesus. So the disciples are saying, teacher, wake up. I'll count that as prayer because they're talking to Jesus. They're freaking out. That's good. They're bringing it to Jesus. Lord, don't you even care? We're about to die and you're taking a nap. And what did Jesus do? says that Jesus woke up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Love, I love his approach, you know, because I don't, I really don't love it when my kids wake me up from a nap. That's not, you know, they're not going to get the best version of me. But Jesus, he's got, you know, he gets woken up from his nap and he, he right away addresses circumstances. The disciples throughout the book of Mark have seen how Jesus has authority over evil spirits, over sickness, over death, over religious rituals. He's shown authority over everything. And now he's showing authority over nature and over circumstances, things they could not control. And he stands up and he says, what's really interesting to me, he doesn't say stop raining or stop to the waves, he says, silence. In the NIV, New International Version, it's quiet, be still. English Standard Version, peace, be still. New American Standard Version, hush, be still. You could say, shut up to the wind, right, and the waves. New Living Translation, silence, be still. So he addresses the noise that the storm is making because that's what's feeding the fear and the panic in the disciples. He knows that they're going to make it to the other side, but he wants to silence the source of their fear. 
And, uh, and I love, I love, even in the Greek, it says, be quiet, refrain from speaking. Keep quiet as with the muzzle. He muzzles that storm, takes control of it, and says, hush, be quiet. Can you just for a moment imagine with me the sound that they were facing? Because it's easy to read this, you know, from the comfort of uh, a sunny day in October. But what if we're facing that same sound we're trying to navigate. We're trying to make it to the other side of that sea. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, no, those are some pretty dark clouds that are coming in. Looks like lightning. And uh, no, it's like, you know what? There's water coming into the boat. We got to yell to hear each other. Teacher, wake up. And then Jesus stands up and he says, hush. And in an instant, he commands the waves. And in an instant, that's where we're at. In fact, listen, there's seagulls in the background. Jesus has authority over our circumstances. It's not hard for him. Sometimes he'll do it in an instant. Sometimes he'll do it through a process. But what are the loud noises that are driving you into panic right now? What are the things that God has to silence and hush in your world today? Love that Jesus addresses the storm. He addresses the circumstance. But then he turns to the disciples. After he's taken care of the issue, he turns to them and he asks them, verse 40, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith, that word still. After all we've been through, after everything you've seen, after everything you've experienced, after everything that you've seen me do, do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Don't skip God's teaching moments. Sometimes we're in such a rush to get out of our discomfort that we'll miss the lessons that we're meant to learn. The lessons that you learned yesterday will prepare you for today's storms. Today's lessons will prepare you for tomorrow's storms. What are the things that God is teaching? What are the things that he is equipping you with? What are the insights he's giving you? What are the promises he's giving you? What are the skills that he's that he's shaping in you. Faith is much more like a muscle that needs to be worked than it is like a light switch. The more we use our faith, the stronger it gets. And Jesus says, do you still not have faith? Guys, I know your journey. We've been on this together. Choose faith. Don't give in to panic. Don't give in to fear. Choose to trust. Know that I care. You're not alone. I'm in the boat with you. Doesn't matter how loud the storm is or how big the waves are, you're gonna make it to the other side. You're gonna make it to the other side. Jesus not only has authority over the storms you're facing, he wants to also be Lord of your inner worlds, of the truths that you're that you're grasping, of the things that he's bringing into your life. 
Love what it says in 1 John 4.18. Perfect love expels fear. It doesn't usher it out. It expels it. And today's the day for God to pour out his perfect love into our lives. Don't give in to a lifestyle of fearfulness. Don't accept that as, as just, or this is just how it is. No. Allow faith to grow and to be your framework. Allow that to be your perspective and allow him to give you the trust and the belief that you're going to make it to the other side. Don't only get through your storm, grow through your storm. I often wonder if God is delaying the resolving of a storm I'm going through because I haven't learned what I need to learn yet. The quicker I learn it, the quicker he'll hush the wind and the waves. Lord, what am I meant to learn today? What are you speaking to me? What am I supposed to, in, in which way should I grow today? Today, you're being equipped for whatever tomorrow might bring. And the final thing I want to say to you, you may have heard it before today, is you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side. This is not your end. It's not your final chapter. It's not the the final moment of your destination, you're going to make it to the other side. You know how I know? Because it started out with Jesus saying, let's go together to the other side. He said it. He said it. It wasn't your thought. It wasn't your idea. He's got that future and that hope. He said, let's go together. You know how I know you're going to make it? Because he's with you. He is with you. And you're going to make it to the other side. So today, whatever storm you're facing, you may have just come through a storm. Maybe there is something on the horizon. Choose faith. You can trust him. He cares. He loves you. He's not frazzled by anything you might be facing. He's not improvising. He's got a plan. And he will lead you, and you are going to make it to the other side. Could you stand with me today? I want to take a moment to pray together. I love that as a family of God, so many of us might be facing different circumstances, but Christ is just as close to each of us today. And he knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're navigating. He knows exactly what questions you're wrestling with. He knows exactly the sounds and the noises that are, that are creating confusion, making you question the things that are certain and making you wonder about things that he has already declared and promised for you. But today's a day for you to remember he cares. He loves you. He's with you. You're not alone and you're going to make it to the other side. Can you just raise your hands towards heaven as a symbol of saying, God, I trust you fully. I believe you fully, God. And whatever, whatever the journey looks like, however long it takes, if you are with me, God, if you're with me in the boat, I trust and I believe that you are going to lead me. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. 
Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.